It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. Welcome to our FIFA World Cup 2022. Not so much daily live streams on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today, we will be previewing the quarterfinals which are Croatia versus Brazil, Netherlands versus Argentina, Morocco versus Portugal, and the big one, England versus France. As always, please send through your comments, any thoughts you've got on the games, any bets you've already placed or that you like, and we'll uh, we'll break them down for you and give our opinions on them. Already good to see Murphy's here, mate. Great to see you. says, evening, gents. Evening to you, Murphy. But uh, joining me today is... Top right-hand corner of your screen, if you are watching, Paul from Feigning the Line. How are you, mate? Good to be here with you guys. I'm great, Alex. Thanks. And at the bottom, we've got Ryan Bruno, pro sports better. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. And kind of enjoying um, a day off from betting and trading, actually. But yeah. there's uh, the big game tonight, Stockport and Charlton in the FA Cup. So, uh, yeah, I've been watching <laughs> that one. <laughs> Oh mate, I mean it was uh, it was nice to wake up this morning and just just get a nice night's sleep and not have to worry about you know any World Cup that's going on. It feels a little bit empty, a little bit weird, but it's pretty crazy to think this has been the the first day since since yeah since the tournament started that we've had a we've had a day off. So very very nice, uh, Paul mate. Any thoughts on the quick thoughts on the round of? 16 games that were the last couple of days. I mean, Portugal, very impressive. Um, trying to think of some of the other results that were quite shocking. I mean, Brazil smashing up South Korea, probably not the biggest shock. But, yeah, any uh, any thoughts on those games? I, 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 actually, my biggest talking point is, Jesus, some teams suck at taking penalties. Spain and Japan were horrendous. They were hitting yeah. the ball at, like, 50% power and putting it in the one spot where the goalkeeper can save it if he picks the right side. Yeah, you, you got to wonder if the moment kind of got to some of them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, like, first kicker misses, too. Like, the first guy up there just comes up and bombs it, and then the next guy has, you know, just as much pressure, you know, and bombs it again. Uh, that happened a couple times, like you said, with those teams. And uh, the Morocco-Spain uh, game, I'd say it was pretty interesting. The paint, the Spain passes train is finally, finally over. Um, <laughs> Got to wait till the next inter- international break for that one. So, um, no, it, it was, it was fun. Um, still a lot of goals in most of the games. The mug, the mug, the mug primer, the the only one that missed on the over two for the for, for that mug mug parlay round robin that we threw together um, yeah. was the one that I actually tipped up. Morocco, <laughs> the Morocco-Spain game, 0-0. And we, and we got like insane CLV on that uh, from when I tipped it up. It was like, I think it was like 15 ticks in on uh, on the Euro scale, like 1.71 to whatever it was, 1.5 something um, by the time it kicked off, 1.56 or something. So, but but yeah. it, it, it was it was interesting games all around and uh, some incredible matchups in, in, in this next round for the quarterfinals. Yeah, it really heats up now, doesn't it, mate? Other than maybe a few of the, the two of the games, especially Argentina, Netherlands, and England, France, is 
where it's great to see some of the big heavyweights going together and yeah, see who uh who are the pretenders and who are actually um yeah, decent teams for this competition. So let's get into it. We'll kick things off with Brazil. Already lots of comments flying through on Brazil at the moment. I think people are very high on them. And yeah, they yeah, they continue to impress and prove why they are clear tournament favorites. But comment section's time, really going out on a limb there. <laughs> they <laughs> are uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, yeah, like like we have stated a few times, it's they've been given a pretty handy draw at the same time. Um, you know, they've and, and and once again they're coming up against the Croatia team who are probably one of the weaker sides of the last eight and seem to be a level below at least what they produced in 2018, an ageing team. Um, and also they're coming up against uh, Croatia here have coming off a 120-minute uh, performance versus Japan, which doesn't really help either. either. Um, the odds for this one, Croatia 9.79, draw 5.07, Brazil 1.36. Asian handicap at 1.25 and the over-under at 2.5. So it's all kind of reflected in the odds, the narrative going into this one. Um, so I'll start with you, Ryan, mate. Are you expecting another comfortable win for Brazil here? Um, pretty much, to be honest. I've not, I've not been that impressed with Croatia. I thought that Japan were probably the better side. I think they, they were slightly better in that game. Um, they just have a bit more energy about them, and I think, you know, the Croatian team, that which is kind of a, a bit of an ageing team, uh, it's probably going to feel that game coming coming into this match, uh, you know, going into extra time and then penalties. Um, and, yeah, I just it's hard to see past Brazil. I don't really want to back them at the current odds. I don't see too much value there. Um, I was looking at maybe backing them in the half-time market. Like, I, I like to bet more in play. So, I look at the tempo for the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, you know, if the Brazilians are, are, you know, creating space and creating chances, I think you can get them at about 1.9 to be winning in the halftime market on Betfair. Uh, so that's possibly something that I'll have a look at. Um, I had a look at win to nil as well. You could, I, I got 2.3 on Brazil to win the match um, to nil. I thought there was a little bit of value there just because hmm. I don't think Croatia have looked that good going forward. Like the goal against Japan kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I know they beat Canada 4-1, but um, that was kind of the outlier that we've seen from the Croatian performances, I think. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I think you kind of got to look at getting Brazil on side, but I won't be taking match odds because I just I do think that is too short. Yeah, uh, I could see it coming in though a bit more. I mean, it's just hard to make a case for Croatia. They've conceded so much that defensively they've looked quite poor. I mean, you look at that uh, Belgian game, I think they've conceded like three xg or something in that game that's against like a a belgium side and then we're talking about brazil in this game uh and then you look yeah look forward to the japan game too they conceded quite a bit of xg in that one too so yeah you get the feeling that there are goals in this one for brazil but you never know it could be a yeah a low scoring game a one nil two nil for brazil what are your thoughts on this one paul yeah, I've got I've got a couple bets here, and so in you know the, the more non-liquid markets like passes uh, and, and tackles, but I'm not, I'm not going to break any ground here on uh, any of these handicaps or over unders in terms of analysis. I think Ryan laid it out pretty pretty well for you guys uh, there to maybe look at that uh, maybe an in play like towards the middle of the first half if you see Brazil pushing because we, we do know statistically that uh, the goals in these World Cups are coming between that like 35, 38 and 45 
plus added time and half mark. So, I mean, I, I do love that angle in play if you want to, if you want to look at that, but in terms of the handicaps or over-unders, the odds have been pretty static. There's been some little bit of action on Brazil at minus 1.25 opened it more. It opened closer to evens at 1.95 and now it's, you know, more towards that 1.8 range at pinnacle. So it, the, the match odds just aren't for me, but, uh, we, we've got a familiar bet that I'm going to go back to here uh, in Brazil games uh, with the props. Yep. All right, mate. Well, why don't you uh, hit us up with those props? I was very surprised to see that you thought uh, that Brozovic might rack up the passes here. So maybe you want to start with that one and explain why, just because I would have thought, you know, Croatia, not, you know, naturally they're not a team that's going to, you know, sit back and try and, you know, be negative. But at the same time, Brazil just, you know, dominate possession in most of their games. So, yeah, let us let – oh, sorry, go through your bets for us. Yeah, so I'll start – since you mentioned it, I'll start there with the Brozovic one. Um, so, yeah, I, at, at Bovada, at, at Bovada at the game screen, you can get minus 114 for over 68 and a half passes. And, and at Bet365, you can get 1.83. And at 365, I, I would do a little ladder there for a little bit smaller stakes on uh, 73 and a half, 78 and a half, and 83.5 at uh, 4.33 and 7 for the higher alts there. And the reason I like it is you, you got to think about the game state. I, I do think the Brazilians may score one before half, and all that probably does is add to our bet. Um, it, you know, the team that goes down usually tends to get a spike in possession. Um, so, so if you're looking at based on in, in terms of the odds, if Brazil were to nick a goal before the half, that's definitely a good thing for this bet. Brozovic has the most touches uh, out of the Croatians. And, and Brazil as a team is such a direct style that the actual total Croatian passes lines, I think, are a little bit low um, based on perception, like you would say there. Brazil actually, because of their direct style, don't have the same possession statistics as like some of the other top teams in the world that you would think of, like Spain, uh, for example, um, and things like that. There's j- just because they're so direct, that helps them in my turn, in, in my eyes, that helps them win more games. It, it, I think they're more effective than a team like Spain because of that. Hmm. But also, uh, they, they do allow uh, other teams to possess the ball a little bit more than you'd think. Um, so, yeah, I like Brazovic passes here. Um, so the concerns are obviously that they played just a couple days ago, um, but that was a hundred hours ago. And even though Brozovic played the whole full 120 minutes, um, he probably has the most in his legs out of that three Croatian midfield. Um, Kovacic and Modric are always going to be subbed before him when you're thinking about, um, some of these lines. So I, I think the game state might, might help us here, uh, especially if the Brazilians could maybe nick a goal early and, um, yeah, I, I like Brozovic on the pass line there. I, I think a couple of the Croatians might be too short, but I, I think Brozovic is my main play there. All right, nice. And you're also uh, getting on with a familiar bet here with Brazil and tackles. Yeah, so, so we've hit this, I think, three times now as a best bet uh, on the pot, on these streams in the, in the World Cup. Um, so, so, so I'm going back to the well. And like like I said before, I said last time we took it, it's a little bit less value now because the books are simply catching on to the fact that Brazil is dictating these games. So the line is slowly ticking up each time, each time it comes up. But, but we still have the knockout round bump here. There, there is more tackles and knockout round games statistically. Um, I said reasons for that before, like the players are more concentrated. Um, 
when they're going into the duels, they're less likely to pick up a yellow or something like that, especially if they're already on a yellow, because going, you know, going forward, they, they would want to be in that biggest game of their life in that semifinal or final. So they're, they're less likely to pick up a yellow card. And, and, and though that might lead them into less ground duels, the ground duels that they're in, they're usually more successful um, in making a tackle. And uh, if you look at the Croatians, they don't have a great rate, but I've already fired off all the Brazilian statistics in the other podcasts, and the Brazilians dictate the tackles. I think the game should be somewhat competitive. Like, I don't see Brazil cracking it open right at the start. Um, so so I, I think the Croatians can get a foot in, even though they don't normally tend to have a, a very high tackles rate. Um, the Brazilians dictate them, as I said. And, and if you look at the comps, which the best one I would say is France in the Nations League um, versus Croatia, those games exploded for over 40 tackles. Um, so the lines I'd be on here is Bovada at the game screen and Bet365 also over 35 and a half tackles. It's, a, it's an extremely high line. 36 is um, probably like eight passes, seven passes bigger than, than the normal line you'd see in most games. But everything points to the alts here for me being value. So I really like over 38 and a half. I'd put, put more on more in your stake on the riskier odds. Cause if the rate's not there from the start, the bet might miss anyways, cause 36 is such a high line. So I really like the alternate lines a lot better. So like, I love over 38 and a half at bet three, six, five at threes and over 44 and a half for a longer shot at eights. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get on that, that Brazilian tackles wagon again. Um, and I, I, I dictate your uh, shift your stakes a little bit to the alts here is what I'd like. Okay, nice, mate. All right, we'll uh, we'll keep a look at that as that game is played out. But yeah, it looks like quite a. You would think you would think Brazil should get this done reasonably comfortably, but I guess crazier things have happened. Let's move on to the second game on. I guess this is Friday night for all the European guys, um, which is. Netherlands versus Argentina. Netherlands at 3.71. The draw, 3.16. Argentina, 2.26. Asian handicap at 0.25. And the over-under is quite low there at 2.0. Yeah, Argentina coming off that 2-1 win over Australia. The Dutch beating the USA 3-1. But, um, yeah, the Dutch kind of continue to look unfavorable when it comes to XG. I looked up their XG for the tournament, and they've only the only team that they've comfortably beat has been Qatar, which was in that last game of the group. So they've def- they're definitely riding their luck a little bit. But we kind of know this is you know kind of the style of Netherlands. So you know maybe it's like half planned in some way. They they're clinical. They are taking their chances. Um, but I still don't really think Argentina deserve to be this solid of favorites what do you what do you think uh paul do you think argentina i mean argentina are like mostly untested still their group was pretty weak in general compared to some of the other groups and they uh they beat australia who were oh, i mean coming into the tournament one of the worst rated teams although they overperformed but yeah do you do you kind of think that maybe argentina are slightly being over rated here yeah i don't know if the, exactly i'm not going to have a bet on the 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 actual game odds but i'm going to get my big boy pants on and uh go for the over-unders on this game um wow. yeah incredible right um <laughs> but uh i mean if i was going to side with a team i'd probably side with netherlands uh at the odds currently 
Um, they've been pretty static on the Asian handicap. You're getting plus quarter of a goal at evens or so for for Netherlands. That's pretty much what it's been since since open, and that's the same with the over under. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that over under market, and I'm gonna take over two. I'm gonna gobble that up at uh, 1.86 right now on Pinnacle. Oh wow, 1.86 over two, and I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna and, and as I always say, I'm not the expert in the liquid market, so. Make sure your prop plays from me if you can, you know, get 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 what you can down on those before you go for these. Um, but I'm also going to split my stake here, like a small stake split with uh, over over two and three quarters at uh, 3.09. Because I could see a crack, this one cracking open. Um, I could easily see three goals at least for a half payout. Um, I think both of these defenses, honestly, are just shaky for me. And like... The Netherlands, I don't think they've been properly tested yet either yeah. um, for me. And uh, that back line, I just don't trust it. I don't trust the three back. I don't trust the, oh, they're just going to let everybody play on to them. They're just, they're, it's that's their whole plan. I mean, that might be their plan, but I don't think that'll win them a World Cup. And I'd, I don't trust the Argentinian back line either per se. Um, like Otamendi can, you can get in behind Otamendi like with one run, which is like those pacey Netherlands wingers. They're going to be hitting those, hitting those runs, those sweeping runs right into Otamendi's little channel, I think on the counter. So I, I'd see goals both ways. And if you get an early one, it could be, could be hand breaks off and, uh, see you later is, is my take. So yeah, I, I like, I like, I like a small stake on the over two at 1.86 and then split that uh, with the over two and three quarters at 3.09. Both of those prices at Pinnacle right now. But I'll, I'm, I'm going to have some heavy props, but I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say about the handicaps and whatnot uh, and how it relates to my overs play there. Yeah, fire away, Ryan. What are your thoughts on on this? I do like Netherlands plus 0.25 on the handicap. And the yeah, like Paul was saying, the, the over under, I'm a bit, I'm just. Uh, a bit surprised as to why it's so low. Uh, do you have any re- any thoughts on why it might be as low as it is? I think it's just because you're getting two fairly evenly matched teams. If you look at the France and England game as well, you know, under 2.5 goals is favoured there. So I think when you've got two sides that are quite even, the the market generally thinks that they're going to play it quite safe, I suppose, and tentative, and, and it, it's not going to be like a, a free-flowing game. But they kind of thought that in the, the Portugal-Switzerland game as well, which obviously turned out to be the opposite once you got that first goal. Um, obviously, you just saw a lot more in that game. Um, so I think that's the reason. And I, I, I don't, I'm not big on historical data, so I don't know what the historical data says between two close sides. But I think there's a lot of draws. Um, the draw tends to be favoured in that scenario as well, or that that's often the value bet. So perhaps it's that as well. But uh, when I just look at this game from kind of my own analysis, I kind of agree with you guys in that I didn't really see Argentina as being a big favourite. Uh, neither team is like super impressed, to be honest. I think they've both got through um, with like individual kind of um, yeah. individual pieces of, of brilliance, I suppose, with like Gakpo has had a really good tournament. Um, and obviously Messi's Messi's been chipping in with goals for Argentina, but neither side have really looked too fluid and, and they've not really blown any team away uh, that I've seen. So the bet that I was looking at was to lay Argentina at 2.32 or back um, Netherlands uh, uh, 0.5 Asian handicap uh, and then assess things in play. Like I say, like if this, I do think this game will be closer than the odds indicate. Um, and what you see 
in a lot of these games is when when that is the case, you'll see Argentina's price drift pretty quickly. You might see them go from 2.3 to 2.5 within like 10 minutes. And uh, when that happens, if, if you're on the exchanges, you can start to kind of reduce your liability by by backing Argentina at a bigger price as the game goes on. Uh, and I think that's a good way to look at this game. Another one would just be to look at the kind of bookmaker boost as well. So obviously, whenever you get Messi in a game, his first goal, any time goal, all these types of bets, uh, Messi to have like one shot on target, two shots on targets, they all get boosted um, by multiple bookmakers and because they're getting boosted there, that uh, inflates the exchange price. So you'll be able to get a better uh, price on the exchange than, than its true odds, basically, because you've got all this lay money from arbitrage bettors and pushing the price up. So that's something that I do a lot on these games as well. Um, so yeah, like if you look at like Messi first goal scorer, it might be 5.5 and the true odds are probably like 5.2 or something like that. So that's something to be aware of is, is look at where the bookmakers are boosting prices uh, and then have a look on the exchange and you're probably going to get some value there as well. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Yeah, I like the angles you've got for those ones. For myself, like I said, yeah, I'm happy to bet Netherlands 0. plus 0. 0.25. You can get that about evens right now on the uh, on the sharper markets. Like like uh, the boys have said, I don't think Argentina... I mean, both have not been very convincing, but I just don't think Argentina have been convincing to the point where you would have them as this big of favourites. Um, and I also think the... The Brazil game being before Brazil most likely win. That I just I feel like there's a possibility they could have one eye on the on the semi final and be thinking, you know, be thinking too much. Obviously, they they'll respect the Netherlands and want to get through them first. But I think everyone's hyping up that that semi final already, and they've got a bloody tough task on their hands against the Netherlands. So just worried that they could potentially have one eye on it, you know, the, the dream semi-final against the other South American side in Brazil um, and, and have their eyes slightly off. I, I really, I like the draw in this too, but yeah, if you get Netherlands plus 0.25, at least you get paid out half a winner there. If it does, uh, if it does end in a draw. Um, but yeah, Paul, you got some prop bets, mate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to take Enzo Fernandez the uh, young young center defensive mid for Argentina on the passes over 75 and a half 1.9 at the Bovada game screen 1.83 at bet365 ladder it up for uh over eight, 85 and a half all the way up to uh over 90 and a half uh 4.33 and 7 are the prices there i think you could take the main line up to 80 i don't i haven't looked at other providers so i don't know exactly what you're getting there but i'd take the main line there up to 80 um, one point, you know, one point eight three minimum price. Um, Adams, uh, Tyler Adams. Now, some of this was because because of the game state, but for the USA, he had eighty passes against the Netherlands in the same position last game. So uh, I'm I'm expecting Fernandez to rack the Argentinian. The Argentinian uh, center defensive mid was priced closer to this in their other games. Obviously, they haven't they haven't played. Uh, a team as good as the Netherlands, but I see Argentina getting a lot of the ball again here anyways. So uh, even if they score first here, I don't think it's necessarily um, going to gonna dictate our bet like the normal game states would, because I can't see Netherlands just latching on um, against Argentina uh, too much to the ball. So I, I really like this one. Uh, so that, that would be my uh, bigger bet on this game would be Enzo, Enzo Fernandez on the passes. And then I have one more. And uh, it's not my usual market, um, so I'm kind of dipping my toes into uh, different different waters here. Uh, but um, 
in, in, in this price was also a little bit bigger for the guy for uh, Jurian Timber in, in previous games, the uh, Netherlands center back. But uh, he, he was like above evens for two fouls at, at, at any flutter books like Patty, Betfair, uh, Poker Stars, I think, too. Um, but na- now they've got him at 1.67. But, but I think it's still takeable to about 1.6. He, he, he's had at least three fouls in each of his games. Uh, so you, you got a hundred percent click rate so far in the world cup and you're only asking for two here against an Argentinian attack that can, I think, provide some impetus to this bet. Um, so, so it is, it, it's a nice back for me, that one as well. Um, I'd be heavier, heavier on the passes bet, but I, I do like this one because in that three back system under Van Gaal, he's always flying up to mark his man high and, uh, he, he's always clipping in at the heels and he kind of flails his limbs about a little bit. If you've like watched the highlights of the other game, that's a nice little narrative thing that you can, that I'll throw in there. <laughs> um, but sky still haven't opened yet on this price. So maybe you could get a price there too. But last I looked up uh, right before the pod or right before the stream flutter had that price at 1.67, take it down to 1.6 jury and timber two plus fouls. All right. Good stuff, mate. Got Murphy here. He thinks Argentini. Uh, Argentinian. Argentina win uh, 2-1. So uh, that's Murphy's thoughts on this one. But we'll move ahead to the next day's games, which are kicking off with Morocco versus Portugal. you got Morocco at 5.68, the draw at 3.76, and Portugal at 1.7. The Asian handicap is at 0.75, and the over-under at 2.25. Yeah, Portugal really put the competition on notice with that resounding victory over Switzerland. But Morocco are no easy beats, as they have shown. Their defence has been very impressive. But you would think against this Portugal side, they're going to have to score goals, as, you know, Portugal have uh, scored goals in just about every game they've played and they've created a million chances against Switzerland. Um, But, yeah, Morocco, in terms of scoring goals, they've been one of the worst in the tournament. I, I looked up their, their XG over four games yesterday and they haven't even created two XG over four games. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, that's, that's a, it's a huge worry going into a, a game like this, especially expending as much energy as they did to <clears throat> against Spain over 120 minutes. So um, at the same time, I do think Portugal 1.7 is maybe looks a little. It could be. This is like I'll start with you, Ryan. It could. This could be a classic overreaction to a performance because, you know, Portugal six one score line. It looks like they were just incredible, which they were. They were as clinical as it gets. But it, Switzerland were obviously quite poor defensively, and you know, in in some of these games, once you score one goal. It can really, it, it can sometimes get very out of hand. So the six-one, you know, it's it's not like it's a it's a logical follow-on to the next game, if you get what I mean. But yeah, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, it's something like um, that Jonas said like a while ago. It's like if you you know you ask that average man on the street who's going to win, you know, Morocco or Port, uh, Portugal, you know, you're probably nine out of ten guys going to say Portugal are going to win two nil, three nil. Uh, and a team coming off a 6-1 victory like that is often going to kind of be overbacked, or it's much more likely to be overbacked than underbacked. Um, but I mean, Portugal are bigger than Spain. I think Spain went off at about 1.65. But about an hour before the game, or a few hours before the game, they've been backed into about 1.57, and then the Morocco money came quite late. So I imagine that was that was sharper money that came on Morocco. And I think you might see that in this game. I could see 
um, Portugal definitely getting back down to like 1.63, 1.64, uh, and then closer to the game um, coming out again. And also in that Morocco-Spain game, within like the first 20, 25 minutes, uh, the Spain price was uh, rocketed. It went to about 1.9. And, and that's that's the thing with these this Moroccan side is they've got a really high work rate. They've got that... Um, They've got like almost a home crowd behind them. Uh, and they do have some quality in, in Hakimi and Ziyech. And they've got, um, is it and Nazri up front as well? I think he's the severe forward. So, and, and Bufal's been playing well. He's had a good tournament. And I think Amrabat's looked really good as well. So they do have some quality um, combined with that high work rate. I, th- I think they are they are a, a good side. But um, it might just be a little bit too much now. Like you say, they expended a lot of energy in that Spain game. And, and they were lucky, I suppose, to win on penalties the was it Sarabia hit the post, didn't they? Like in the in the final minute of extra time, and they kind of rode the luck a little bit. But if I had to pick between the two, I still would be looking at probably lay in Portugal, but not not at the current price. I want to see some some money come and back them, um, and if I can maybe lay them, like I say, about one point six two, one point six three at that range, then I'll be looking to take that in play and, and then and then do do as I have done because I've I've been back in Morocco throughout this tournament and, and they've been doing very well uh, and I've made good money from them, but it, like I say, it might be a step too far, but that would be the side that I'd be looking at. I'd be kind of looking at Morocco um, closer to the game because uh, I think that they're probably going to be the value side. Yeah, and, and I think a, a thing that adds to the Portugal narrative, not only did they get a, a humongous win against um, against Switzerland, they also dropped Ronaldo. So people could be thinking that, you know, they've sat Ronaldo down and they've put... Uh, uh, players in that are going to, you know, work better together for Portugal and produce better results. And straight away, they get this big 6-1 victory. So people could really be almost overreacting to, the, you know, Ronaldo coming out and um, oh, what was the fella called? Ramos that came in. So, um, yeah, you are, yeah, people could be reacting, overreacting to that too. What are your thoughts, Paul? Yeah, I'd... I'd... I think the most important point uh, Ryan Ryan made there that's just that you you got to bake in that home field advantage for Morocco here. Uh, it, it's incredible. It's incredible to me. Um, I, like we talked about this on a previous podcast, Alex. I don't think probably the market or enough you know betters and things like that probably factored it in enough to the, some of those African teams where where it's just literally a home field a home field advantage and you know. If we're looking at a normal uh, betting market that, you know, that that's obviously moving the market by a significant, significant amount. Um, so so I just don't think that was baked in enough. And if you're going to bet that game, I would just make sure you're factoring that in uh, to, to, the, to the odds you're getting. I, I don't have a bet for this one. I've got both the teams to score no question mark written down at, at 1.78. But, but at the same time, do I really tr- do I really trust the Moroccans who probably were without Saiz, maybe without a guard, both of their center backs, maybe. And, and they just ran to, you know, ran themselves into the ground to death. And then you got the Portugal side who also, you know, Danilo's out with the broken rim. That was their first choice center back. So do I trust Pepe and whoever else at the back? You know, no, I don't No, ends up being the answer. So yeah, it's just, it's just a, it's just a big no bet for me. Um, a lot of the props haven't come out for this one yet, so it, I just I'm not in anything right now, so I'll hold off here. Yeah, I, I looked at Morocco to score zero goals. I think that was at like two point one five or something on Pinnacle, and I was like, 
I can just see them defending the line, you know, and sitting back. And I saw them counterattack a few times against Spain. And I'm imagining Pepe running back against, you know, someone like Ziyech or Buffal. And I'm just like, uh, and it just, it doesn't fill me with all the confidence in the world. And there's also the scenario that Portugal could just go out there and, and do a similar thing that they did against Switzerland and become a bit careless and concede a goal like they did against Switzerland too. So, yeah, I, I looked at this game every which way too and tried to find an angle, but I kind of um, I kind of like the angle of it maybe backing Portugal in play. Like you, like you said, with the Spain odds against Morocco, Ryan, I could see a scenario where they could defend them for the, for the majority of the game and then just... The, you know, it just becomes maybe a bit too much as the game goes on, given their fatigue and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think there's lots of ways you can break down this game. But, uh, yeah, maybe it's a stay out, fellas. But uh, let's get on to the the last game, the big one. Everyone's excited for this one, I'm sure. England versus France. England at 3.15, the draw 3.29, and France at 2. 4-6, the Asian handicap at a quarter of a goal and the over-under at 2.25. Probably the biggest game of the quarterfinals here, at least the most uh, popular one, I would think. Two sides that look pretty evenly matched coming into this with resounding wins in the round of 16. Um, we haven't really seen either of these sides come up against a really strong outfit, so it's it's hard to know each of their levels yet. I'm assuming that France are favourites for two reasons. One being Mbappe, uh, clearly just being the best player in the tournament probably, and also the England defence just looks, it just looks weak uh, in comparison to France at least, and I would say in comparison to a lot of the other heavyweights in this competition. I mean, I've sat here and shat on Harry Maguire quite a bit but uh, <laughs> so it's no surprise, really. And looking back, it's not like England have conceded many goals at all this tournament. But uh, just the prospect of Mbappe versus Maguire, like it wouldn't surprise me if Mbappe just made him look like an absolute idiot. But yeah, we'll start with you, Paul. What do you think, mate? Yeah, I hate saying this because like it's so annoying for the probably the viewer but i'm <laughs> i'm into a couple markets here and they've moved so so it's pretty annoying I, I don't have anything on the liquid market i was into over 2 at opener at 1.71 and it's all the way into uh 1.54 i'm not i'm not going to b- advise somebody to bet the overs now at that price so uh if i had to choose a side i'd probably favor the french i'm not going to put anything official here but if i had to choose a side at the prices I would favor the French in one way. I was going to look at betting, like if you wanted to look at a bet, I'm not going to do anything official, like I said. Internet's going a little slow here. I might look at it maybe, like if you're a little bit riskier, first half money line 3.29. Or uh, like just, I was going to look at like just to score a goal in the first half. Uh, it's not big enough. No, I, I like the money line. If you want to go like France money, first half money line, 3.29. Or if you just wanted to back the French, I think uh, I just, at the prices, I would tend to lean that way. But like I said, that's not going to be an official bet. And I, I on the over-unders, I think it's probably about right as it is currently. Um, so 
wouldn't have anything there. Maybe maybe if it's a cagey start, but but both you know towards the end of the half, both teams might be getting chances. Then you look to enter goals. Then maybe if you're uh, if you're getting in live, maybe. Um, but it's yeah. about it. I'd say on the liquid markets, I got I got some decent prop bets I can give out for this one though too. All right, we'll come back to you, mate. We've got no Pattaya for Shannon here. He thinks that Southgate reverting to back to the back three is a is a possibility here. Do you think that is a possibility, Ryan? Uh, it's always a possibility. I, I don't think he should do that. I think you know the the team's been playing good enough as it is. I don't, I don't see why you should adapt. You know, if you if you believe in your team, you, you don't want to adapt um, to your opposition too much. Um, but yeah, like like you say, Maguire's a bit of a worry when you've got kind of Dembele and uh, Mbappe are going to be kind yeah. of charging down there. It's like, you know, but obviously we've got Walker who, who's pacey and John Stones himself is, is quite good at covering for, for kind of Maguire's lack of pace. Uh, and Maguire, you know, if, you know he's he's good in the air defensively. There's, he's probably one of the best guys in the tournament in terms of, um, you know, winning aerial battles. So, so he does have that. Um, and he did cash me a big bet in the last game where, uh, Maguire to commit one foul was boosted to like odds of evens, and um, yeah, he managed to get a get a foul in. So yeah, I was I was quite happy with that in the last game. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one for me personally, looking for a betting angle because obviously I don't want my own bias to come into it, being from England. Um, and I did see that over two point five goals um, opened at about two point four, where it's come right into like two point fourteen now. So it's it's kind of getting to the point where. I don't know. It's one of them again where I'd like to assess the first ten minutes of the game and see, you know, if there is a lot of open space, um, see if England are trying to attack or, or if they are just kind of sitting back. And because Southgate can be quite negative, especially against the the bigger teams, he does he does seem set up his his um, defense quite um, well. He sets up quite defensively and tries just to keep the ball a lot. So. Yeah, I, I like. I I don't have anything yet for this game. It's going to be one that I might not even bet. I might just enjoy it as an England fan and, and see how we do. It's it's tough to find an angle. I think as as Paul said as well. It's um, you know any value that was there initially seems to have been sucked up. So yeah, I think both managers are uh, the way that each team's been playing, being quite reasonably positive lately. You would, I mean, they're scoring lots of goals, but. I could see them just over, not maybe over-respecting each other, but I could see the unders coming in like reasonably comfortably if you know they play to their like true revert, like they revert back to their true kind of selves as managers. You know, Southgate and Deschamps, like they are naturally pragmatic and, and like to be negative, I guess in a way. So I think potentially they could respect each other quite a bit here and just you know. And really not go for it, and you know something like a halftime draw. I wouldn't steer anyone against, or like you know under goals in the first half, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's hard to get on board with the unders when England have you know been like quite good in front of goal, and also yeah, just I just think that that front line for France is so dynamic. They can throw anything at you. Like they've got the pace of and skill of of uh, Mbappe and Dembele, but then they've got someone like Giroud who can just head home goals for days, hold the ball up, and I just think they they all work you know really nicely together, and it's just a I think it's a very scary proposition for an England back line that I think that's their weakest part of their team, the likes of you know Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, probably the two weaker guy, and Pickford too. I just I can't trust that bloke at all. <laughs> So I, I'm surprised he's. Uh, I'm still surprised he's the keeper. But yeah, it seems like Southgate's just very, very loyal. 
Um, uh, Lockyer saying here that uh, Walker is 32, though. Does he still have the pace to match Mbappe? Do you think he? Do you think he does, Paul? That is a killer lead-in. Let me tell you, because I've got I've <laughs> got a bet on Mr. Walker, and, and, and like I like I said before, like. Uh, he, he, he has pace, but I mean, he's all, he also gets out of position all the time. He's lucky he has the pace he has because he just gets sucked into all sorts of areas that you wouldn't want him to get into. Um, and that's probably a problem when you're playing Killian Mbappe. Um, but, but, but here, I, I'm, I'm going to take the tackles on Walker. And it, it's already been bashed in at a couple places. I tipped it up offshore at some ludicrous prices. It's been bashed up over there. But if you're in Europe, you can still get three plus tackles at 2.75 at Skybet and four plus at 5.5 at Skybet. There's no other provider, so I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say about that. It's, it's already been mashed, but I think there's still juice in those prices. And the other one I'm taking, uh, too, is Luke Shaw. Um, two plus tackles is pretty widely available at William Hill, Coral, Ladbrokes. Um, and then I'm going to ladder that between three and six plus tackles as well from 3.8 up to 41 um, if he gets the full six plus. So go smaller, obviously, on the on the ladders. And then but but the two plus lines uh, on Shaw and the three plus line at 2.75 on Walker. And, and the reason I like the England fullbacks is obviously they're going to get that matchup with Dembele and Mbappe, who are key protagonists uh, in, in, in creation of tackles. Um, so. Uh, I, I definitely see uh, the, the, the fullbacks racking up some tackles. Um, may, maybe you could look at some of the wingers for tackles. I don't know exactly. haven't looked into all the prices to know if they're value, but could look there too if, if England tend to drop the wingers once France are attacking. Um, but uh, like I said, so I'm sorry, sorry uh, about the Walker price on that one, but I think all the prices I quoted are still value um, on the true price here. And, uh, and, and the reasons being in the French heat maps in the, in the low bottom corners, um, you get so many ground duels, dribbles, tackles, and touches that, that it just makes these bets value, especially those alternate lines. Like if they get a couple, they can just rack. And uh, the, the rate that the French create at is, is, is just so impressive. And uh, so I, I, I like the tackles here uh, for the England fullback tackles. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, either way, it's going to be a cracking game there to finish off the, the quarterfinals and, uh, yeah, sets up an interesting uh, yeah progression with the tournament, sets up a clash with either Portugal or Morocco and, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's coming home, Ryan. Maybe uh, maybe you can start to, to get excited, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big maybe. Yeah. It's a big maybe. Um, I did see that you can get quite big prizes on England to, to win the the tournament I, I think if, if let's just say you did like england to beat france here or you just you do think their value at you know to qualify at 2.2 you can get them i think at nines or something like that to win the tournament so if they win this game they suddenly go into a game versus portugal or morocco they'd certainly be favored against morocco you would think and against portugal to yes. me, that would look like a pretty 50-50 kind of encounter. They'd be favorites. They'd be favorites. They'd, yeah, I, I, I would assume. Potentially, yeah. So like, then, I mean, not, not obviously not like a huge margin, but they no. would be favored by the market. It depends. If Portugal go out and just like piece Morocco up, then maybe people would be like, oh, geez, these guys are actually very good. Um, 
but yeah, it'd be pretty close to 50-50, maybe England slightly favoured, and then and then they've got the they're into the final. So I think if you like England at what price they are now, haven't have a nibble at the outrights. I th- I just from memory, I think I saw nine point something for uh, England. That's a great way to play it, Alex. That's a great way to play it. Oh, gee, thanks, man. Because that'll that'll obviously <laughs> short, certainly shorten up. So if they get through, so I mean, yeah, that's certainly the way you'd want to look at it. Yeah, I can see in Pinnacle they're eight point zero five, but I would assume on the exchanges you can probably get a little bit better. Um, so seven point yeah, eight says on the exchanges. Oh, okay, it's come in a little bit, but I'm sure like some of the softs that offer around eight Pinnacle at eight here too. So um, the money's flying think... on the on the back of your suggestion. Yeah, I know, man. I'm, just a, <laughs> I'm a footballing betting genius, as you know. Um, are there any other, actually, on that topic, is there any other outright bets you guys like? Anything you've looked at, Ryan, in terms – I mean, there's all sorts of outright bets you can place from, you know, golden boot to over-under goals for each team, top team goal scorer, who's going to win, all this kind of stuff. Is there any anything you've looked at recently that you liked? Uh, I took my Rocco at, like, 150 um, before the Spain game, so I've got a little bit of money on that. But they're still trading really high at, like, 55. Uh, and to be honest, it's not going to... Well, if they beat Portugal, it's probably going to come into, like, Surely. between 20 and 30, <laughs> I would say. But, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it would take something. Uh, other than that, I've not really looked too much. I think Mbappe was, was trading quite low um, for the golden boot. Uh, yeah. That could be a good lay. I mean, he's one point six eight at the moment, and if they get knocked out, then you know he's not. I would doubt that he'd win the Golden Boot, so I wouldn't mind taking that on. I think that's a little bit too short. Yeah, you'd think Richarlison's probably the best chance of beating him. Just off the top of my head, I haven't looked at. He's on three, but and Brazil have got um, Croatia next, so there is a potential that he could score one or two goals and if he does that and France get knocked out then he probably goes into favorite um but yeah I guess there's and you could also I think Pakaya Saka's on three goals so if uh if they beat France then you know maybe he's a potent chance of getting a few more you can also start to look it's crazy to think you start to look at the fella Ramos from uh from Portugal who just came out of oh, nowhere, yeah that's so. good point yeah um you could potentially see a scenario where he scores a few more goals against Morocco too. So yeah, what about for you, um, Paul? Any any outrights you like at the moment? Can't put me on the spot like that, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that kind of knowledge on the outrights. No, no, not nothing for me currently on the outrights. I just not a market I would be familiar enough with. All right, too easy, mate. We'll go on to best bets then. We'll start with you, Ryan. Out of the four quarterfinals, mate, what's your what's your favorite bet? Uh, I think taking on Argentina is probably the best bet. So, like, like I, I would lay them at two point three or so. That's the same as back in Netherlands um, on the Asian handicap at zero point five. I don't know what the odds are. I can't do the inverse in my head, but um, yeah, I'll, uh, I can quickly have a look. Actually, two point two five. Two point two. No, it must be shorter than that. Is is that on? Oh, sorry, one point seven. One point seven. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that that makes more sense. And uh, Paul, mate, your your best bet? Yeah, I'd, I'd chuck the money down on the on uh, Enzo Fernandez there for the passes, 60, 76, 76 plus passes at Bovada Game Screen at Bet365, 1.83, Bovada Game Screen, 1.9. Ladder them up for those higher ones. Take, right. take whatever Denise lets you get down and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, for me, I'll go Netherlands plus a quarter. <clears throat> and I also like uh, Paul Shout too. I'll steal that one from him. Over two goals in the Netherlands, Argentina at 1.87. I think that's that's pretty decent too. I think an early goal there and you'd see that one cracked wide open especially. Um, so, yeah, we've all got our best bets in one game. That's fun for everyone. I guess you can just have a million bets on one game and leave the other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm uh, off to go. Lay, I'm off to go lay Argentina there. Yeah, good, good stuff, good. mate. Uh, we will be back at 9 p.m. UK time on Sunday for the semi-final previews, and I believe we'll be back after that this time next week on Wednesday night. Maybe it's Thursday night. I I can't. I, get the times mixed up for the um, for the finals and third place preview games too. So only two more streams to go. So upsetting. But uh, at least we can all rest a little bit more once it's all over. You can find these gentlemen on Twitter. You can find SM Sports Trader for Ryan and you can find Paul at Fainting the Line, myself at Alex Vella underscore. Thanks to everyone for listening as always. Please make sure you do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today on the podcast, more so the value betting ones, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports. Thanks for joining us, fellas. And uh, yeah, enjoy the, the quarterfinals. Will do, mate. Cheers. Cheers.